Hey, faith family. Welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast at Calvary Bible, where we go beyond the Sunday sermon to explore some rabbit holes and to bring some biblical truths to the surface. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Randy, here we are. Yes, we are. It's a gloomy Tuesday morning. Finally. Yes, we got some rain. Finally. Um, but I'm cozy sitting here talking to you about Matthew chapter 7, so yeah. it doesn't get much better than that. I wanted to find it. Let's go. I have no jokes for you. Thank you. I thought about looking that's for mercy. some... That is mercy. That's, that's and we'll mercy. talk about yes, some mercy, but in a different context. Um, so I was gone, but I did listen to your sermon. Oh, and uh, yeah, it was painful, um, but yeah. I got I got through it. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can speed that up, right? You know what? I did know that. You can. But I, I actually slowed it down. Okay. I'm a okay. glutton for punishment, you know? You, I think you can speed them up just a little bit so you can still One and a half comprehend. Speed. Yeah, you right. can still comprehend, but you can move through the... No. I, I don't know if that's true for... Masochist? Life. Is that the word for me? Someone who just enjoys pain. Uh, the pain and torture of it? Yeah, so I slowed it down. Wow. Yeah, it was really good. Oh, my. No, I miss being with everybody, but it was good to catch up. Yeah. Um, we covered, actually, this passage... So, yeah, with the young adult group a few weeks back. Good. Because uh, we're just talking about some just different topical things. And yeah. this is actually, I think, a topic that covers, kind of touches on other topics because we tend to judge people who think differently than us. Mm-hmm. So if you're okay, I'm going to read. Sam Storms uh, has a chapter on on that uh, that verse, mm, good. Matthew 7, 1. Good. And uh, I just thought his... Sam's uh, been at this a long time. Yeah, it's really, I mean, the book's not about that. The book's just called Tough Topics, and mm-hmm. he talks about a range of different things. But mm-hmm. I thought this was really good, um, what he says here about this text. And you touched on it, too, just how uh, misquoted mm-hmm. this verse is. My, my. So here's what uh, Sam says. He's got, he says, uh, Never has a passage of Scripture been so utterly abused, misunderstood, and misapplied as this one. Non-Christians, and not a few misguided believers as well, use this text to denounce any and all who venture to criticize or expose the sins, Mm. shortcomings, or doctrinal aberrations of others. One dare not speak ill of homosexuality, adultery, gossip, cheating on your income tax, fornication, abortion, non-Christian religions, humanism, and so on, without incurring the wrath of multitudes— who are convinced that Jesus, whom they despise and reject, said that we shouldn't judge one another. <laughs> it's so ironic. I mean, they they reject him, but they quote him. Yeah, That's right. Really they weird. want nothing That's to good. do with what he says, That's except really for good. when it's pertinent for their judging of uh, us. Exactly. For judging. Right. Um, this is an interesting uh, section here in this Sermon on the Mount, because some of these topics, if you will... Uh, are so just right to the center of who we are uh, even today in the 21st century. Yeah. Um, And so we have this judgmentalism um, that's pretty easy gutter to fall into, Mm -hmm. pretty easy trap. But I think I'm I'm wondering too, kind of generationally, talk about the Bible church generation, Mm -hmm. the fundamentalism, which we talked about a month or two ago, Mm -hmm. and uh, a reaction to that with the younger generation and not wanting to judge anything at all. And so here we see Jesus really strike that balance of don't be judgmental, but judge. 
So anyway, yeah. um, we got some good comments that came in and questions. And so we're going to walk through these. If you weren't with us, we were in the uh, last chapter of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7, mm -hmm. verses 1 through 6, uh, the famous KJV rendering, judge not lest, lest ye judged. be judged. So um, here's an opening comment, which I thought was good, uh, a suggestion for a sermon title. Okay, mm -hmm. here it was. He creates followers who can genuinely judge themselves and others, since mm -hmm. we take the plank out of our own eye first. That's right. Yeah, it's a great suggestion. Um, yeah. My, my uh, selecting genuinely was implying that, that uh, now we are actually in the position where we can judge others because we've judged ourselves. But you're right, that certainly would add clarity to, the, to that, which I think is really, that is the teaching. Yeah. The, fir the first part of that, if you stop, if you stop at verse one, uh, man, then you're, but there is, uh, you know, like the person is saying, there is a place for us, a time for us and a way for us to judge others mm -hmm. genuinely. And it starts with, am I honest with myself right. about, about my own, my own sins? And mm -hmm. as I was reading in one of the ancient confessions this morning, my own sins and misery is the word they use. And it's like, oh, that's so true. You know, the, we've, mm. we've all experienced, most of us have experienced the misery that our sin brings on us and on others. And so, yeah, hmm. we, we, we need to be able to judge ourselves. Yeah. That's a great comment. Yeah. My only consternation there with that is it's just still pretty long, you know, but you like it. It's too long. It's too long for it's too long for a sermon title. That's our biggest problem with it. Uh, we could add another colon or semicolon in there. Yeah, um, that would help. That would help. No, that let's would. use a dash. <laughs> Great, I we've love already, it. We've already got the colon. Let's love put a dash it. in there and love extend it. these titles. Some parentheses. That'd be good. Yeah. Um, okay, so um, the words mercy. Mm -hmm. came out quite a bit. We want to judge with mercy because we want to be judged with mercy. Yeah. You want to go already? I just say mercy. and I, Well, I just because anyone that's looking at verse 2 or remembering verse 2, you know, with the, ju the, the way in which you judge will be judged. I was quoting, uh, I think I was quoting the NASB there, or mm -hmm. and I think the, the New Living Translation also did a nice job with, you, you'll be treated the way you treat others. Yeah. Both of those in, in the opening of verse 2, and then in part B, uh, the second part of verse 2, uses the word measure. Mm -hmm. So the implication is that if you judge without mercy, that's what you're going to get. Mm -hmm. So that's the reason why I jumped in quickly on yeah. that word, is just so that you know, I'm not seeing that in, I'm not seeing this in this text. No. Now, the other thing is, and, and you just listen to this. I think I forgot to mention the two Old Testament characters that violated this text badly. I think I forgot that. Now, yeah. You just heard it. So yeah, I, I did. If you happen to listen to it, I think I forgot this. So who are they? One in Genesis is Judah. Judah, remember when he hears about uh, what has happened to Tamar, he, uh, oh, yeah. he goes off on her. Yeah. And um, and then if you're familiar with the story, of course, you realize what he has done, but he is all, you know, self-righteous right. in that mm -hmm. in that story against mm -hmm. her, if I remember it correctly. So he would be the first one that judges without mercy yeah. until he's implicated 
because of her. And she says, look, these things that I have as like surety or guarantee or something, they belong belong to him. The second one is David. When Nathan tells the story about the powerful man that takes the the poor Mm -hmm. man's only sheep. Mm -hmm. And David says... You know, comes down hard on really hard on in that. And then, of course, Nathan, Nathan says, you're the guy, you're yeah. the man. Yeah. So I really I, I, I wish I would have remembered that. Um, I thought you were going to say the, the Job's friends. Yeah, they they, they had an interesting. Yeah. But but these two, uh, Judah and mm-hmm. David in particular, uh, Judah, oh, yeah. one of the sons, one of the prominent sons of Israel, but also King David, they they were two that. They, they did didn't not take have the mercy. Out there was no eye. mercy. No, and they were, and and it was because mm-hmm. they they were not exactly they were not judging themselves. Mm-hmm. So that right. was into two both two characters that really show this is what happens if we are not true to our own sins, mm-hmm. honest about our own sins, mm-hmm. and dealing with our own sins, mm-hmm. we will be merciless with the sins of others. So that, yeah. I should have uh, again. Hey, can't get everything. No, the sermons are long enough. And I'll know that. I forget, sir. Yeah. Well, actually, what I was reminded of was Jesus' parable later on, the yep. unforgiving servant, yeah. the merciless yep. servant yeah. that just nails yeah. the guy who owes him a few bucks yeah. when he's got a yeah. big debt. One of the things I'm trying not to do in this study so far, because we're so early in Matthew, I'm trying not to go ahead in Matthew and say, hey, this is coming, this is coming, this yeah. is coming, but it is coming because... And hit us again. We're going to continue to see the life of Christ fleshed out for us and, and the implications of that. Okay. So, um, so I cut at, you off with mercy. No, because the second word I wanted to talk about was perfectionism. That came in at the end. Um, all right. So first, though, uh, let me make sure, because I did not do this at all. One of the things I didn't do on Sunday is explain what mercy is and what it looks like. Yeah. Can you do all that? Right, so that's, I think, is that good. okay? To, that's to a just, great place. For a second. So mm-hmm. first of all, if I have mercy on someone, that implies that I have the potential to harm them or to keep them in their current situation of misery. Okay. Otherwise, you can't have mercy on someone else. You have to be the, the one with the upper hand. Mm-hmm. You have to have the upper hand on someone else. You've yes. got to be in the better position, the more powerful position yeah. to extend mercy to someone else. So if I am in this context... If I am judging another person as, uh, you know, that person is sinful and and I'm expressing my negative opinion about their attitudes or actions, Mm -hmm. I am keeping them in that position if I don't extend mercy. Mm -hmm. And so what that means is I am constantly keeping them in the position where, in my estimation, they are lower than I am. And they need to change their ways. Yeah. So there's so to extend mercy is then equal to uh, which which I I think I touched on just a bit. It is actually to extend forgiveness. I think maybe that came around around the tabletop. Uh, so mercy in these cases is actually extending forgiveness to the other person, not stopping with judgment, mm-hmm. but going on and, and giving forgiveness. Uh, and then, of course, possibly uh, trying to heal mm-hmm. because I've dealt with my own my own sin. So now I am in the position to see clearly to help them. Right. So mercy is it's important to and I did not do much on that at all on Sunday. But I was assuming that we all kind of understand mercy. But at, at its base, 
It is the sense that I am offering compassion to a person who needs it from me. Mm -hmm. And um, it is not compassionate for me to judge them and to keep them in that negative judgment. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that came out in Storm's book was uh, a judgmental, a judge, a type of judging that's not helpful is one that has no view for helping. Right. It, it just stays just with the judgment. Simply, yep. You're I'm here wrong. To judge you. you are something's wrong with you, and that's it. You're yep. going to stay like that. You got problems. Yeah. He's. Exactly, I don't care to help. He's exactly right. It is. It is only passing judgment with no attempt or desire to heal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Now flesh out uh, the perfectionism. Rhonda's eyes got big. You said that was fun. You know, I could have seen it's fun eyes. to see people. You know, to watch their reactions. <laughs> I mean, sometimes they're sleeping, and that's always fun. But she's a little bit of a perfectionist. So am I. If you if you talk like to her I afterwards, like she talked to me and Michelle afterwards, and we, we you know we laughed together and commiserated together. The perfectionism is this is this sense of. We always see something wrong. Mm. I mean, there's always mm -hmm. something wrong. I mean, it's never enough. I mean, and we and, and, and actually, if you've talked to some actually one person right after church, talk to a perfectionist and they'll often say, I am harder on myself than I am on anybody else. Yeah. Which and you, you maybe feel yeah. that. I mean, oh, you, totally. we're, we're tough on ourselves because we want to do things well. But so things have to be perfect which means we see the standard always, right? In, in other words, there is no such thing as being a perfectionist if you don't see a standard. Mm -hmm. So if you're a perfectionist, you know what the standard is. At least you think you do. We think yeah. we do. Mm -hmm. And therefore, we hold everybody to that. Yeah. And the tendency, of course, for a perfectionist is it's never good enough. Therefore, no one's ever good enough. Yeah. And that that is... That is so hard on relationships. I mean, it is. Oh, so goodness. shame on us. Here's the way I would think about that a little bit. Um, for the perfectionist, which I can tend to be, it's it's maybe where I want to land is it's okay. Like I definitely want to have a, a take a good look at my own life and heart, yeah. and I want to be critical of myself first, mm -hmm. but then extend mercy to other people. And so the way maybe an illustration would be, I, well, I just got done refinishing uh, a dining room table for Gary and Judy, Zerm. Yeah. And I'm looking at this thing and I see all kinds of mistakes because it's, I want it to be yeah, perfect. perfect. Um, and Judy looks at it and says, oh, yeah. I like, I, I took a piece back because I wanted to yeah. work on something again. She's like, yeah, what? I don't know. I don't understand yeah. what's wrong can, with it. I can see her being like that you too, know what I mean? you know. Um, and so there, but you know, if she would have been in the process and she was a perfectionist too, yeah. Yeah. she would, you know, maybe see the same things that I see, but be able to extend mercy. Mm -hmm. And so just to be gracious, merciful with other people, but still, you know, keep a good look on my own, my own heart mm -hmm. and not see everyone else's, you know, flaws and the mistakes in their work, but still keep a keen eye on myself. Yeah. Just a thought. No, it's perfectionism. A good, no, it's a good thought. I think, yeah. I think that uh, you know this particular text. If you're trying to put it into practice this week, the main thing is to realize that we are really, really good at pointing out the flaws in other people. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'm really good at that. Yeah. But as we talked about on Sunday, I'm not so good at my own self-assessment. Mm. So um, you know, to be able to go this week and 
think hard about your relationship with God and, and how, you know, how are you doing with your love for him and you're serving him and all that. It's a great place to start so that we have a, an honest assessment of ourselves. We go to Christ with our needs. We seek forgiveness. We know, we know mercy has been extended to us before we do anything else. We, yeah. we have mercy. Mm -hmm. Okay, now that mercy should spill over into others. So the, the perfectionism, I think, is, um, I'll, I'll use the word, the perfectionism is tempered because I know how often I fall short of the standard myself. You know, mm -hmm. so uh, there's a lot of illustrations. It goes back to the end of Jesus' prayer too, you know, forgive. Exactly. We need forgiveness. Exactly. And I tried to address that a little bit on Sunday because what we're seeing in Matthew so far is Jesus lets us know what kind of people we are. Mm -hmm. We need forgiveness. Yeah. We need it ourselves. We need to extend it to others. And that tells us that we're, you know, we're all broken. And so to be a perfectionist, to be a perfectionist to the point where we're always judging others wrongly. That's 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 not a good place. That's not life giving. That's no. life taking. And so let's talk about that then, and kind of wrap up here in the context of a, a church, uh, a faith community like Calvary Bible. Um, how can it be detrimental? Let's maybe start there, and then how can it be life giving if we do it well? So if mm -hmm. if we're judgmental and hypercritical, uh, how's that do do, do damage? It's going to come out in our speech. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I want to get, we'll get to this quickly, right? I, it's going to come out in our speech, the way in which we talk to each other. There's a difference between pointing out someone's sins without mercy and pointing out sins with mercy. Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a big difference. Yeah. A judgmentalism, a judgmental attitude, it sounds different, it feels different than genuine concern for the people that we're trying to help disciple. So what happens is if we're a bunch of people that continually to point out the flaws in others, that is going to destroy relationships. We, we can't, you can't withstand that very long. So, and when I talked to a guy afterwards, he was really making some great points and we were talking about how hard it is to balance. You know, you bring something up in a conversation that's really a good observation to bring up. Mm -hmm. But what do you do if, if, it, if it's just, if it goes no further? You know, so finding the balance of speaking the truth, but also loving people who may not see it, may not agree with it. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the difference, I think, between judgmentalism versus judging genuinely. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it'll hurt relationships because people don't want to be in a relationship when all you hear about is, Here's what, what you do wrong. Yeah, and exactly. I and I and I tell you, I, I mean, I've contributed to that and it's harmful. It's hurtful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's it feels like you've always got someone looking over your shoulder yeah. and you're always second guessing yourself. Yep. You're wondering, oh, I wonder what they're thinking about what I'm doing yeah, or just, saying. It destroys the it, it destroys uh, little by little. It hurts the emotional connection. Mm -hmm. That's that's true in a marriage. That's true at work. That's true at church. Mm -hmm. It's true at school. Yeah. I mean, for the, for the, for some of our young folks. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Yeah. So on the flip side of that, how do we do it? Well, what contributes to a healthy, we've talked about it a little bit, but in a faith community like Calvary Bible, how should we 
practice yeah. this well. Uh, you know, I'll give credit to the folks at the Karen Share. Um, I was going to say last night, but it's um, this is Tuesday, not Monday. Mm -hmm. Feels like a Monday. Um, you know, some of the folks at the Karen Share on Sunday, Sunday late afternoon, early evening, they were picking up on the humility part of this, and I thought that was really insightful. I forget who said it, but very insightful to think about how humble people in conversation with other people, it's always life-giving. Mm -hmm. It's just always that way. I'm reading this book, uh, this humongous 800-page book on the life of George Washington. Good I'm now you. over 600 pages. I'm almost done. Good for I can't you. wait to have this finished. But it's been so fascinating. I've learned so much about early American history and politics. I knew nothing about those things. There is such a huge difference between George Washington's humility and some of the key cabinet members that he selected. And I can't remember whether it was Jefferson or, or Adams. Uh, and I, so don't quote me on this, but yeah. one of the two of those men was cited as the opposite of Washington did not want any fanfare about himself mm -hmm. ever. And yet one of these gentlemen really wanted to draw attention to himself and the plans and progress and so forth. Mm -hmm. So again, uh, you know, uh, Humility, you know, as far as that particular text goes, mm. if I if I am taking care, if I'm taking the two by two out of my own eye regularly, yeah. I am a humbled man. Let's think about that. Mm -hmm. If you and I are careful each day to seek God's forgiveness, confession, forgiveness, repentance, replacing that with righteousness, if mm -hmm. we're doing that, how could pride drive that process or, or drive us on afterwards. It's really, yeah. it, it should be humbling for me to remember how much I need the forgiveness of God. Yeah. So now put that in a, in a church setting mm -hmm. where there's a, a growing core of humble people who know that they need, they need their own forgiveness, right? Mm -hmm. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So, right. Though that growing core of humble people, they are going to have relationships in the church that spread that. Mm -hmm. And that's life giving because yeah. when they point out the sins of another person, they're doing it with a, with a view to help, mm -hmm. not just to judge. Yeah. And there's no self-righteousness in that because they've already been, quote, cured. Yeah. By the righteousness of Christ. Something right. along those lines would mm -hmm. be a way to think through how healthy that is for a church. Yeah. The relationship piece, I think, was uh, what came to my mind pretty quickly, too. The relationship that you have with someone enabling you to then have a hard conversation with them. Yep. And getting back to Washington yeah. for a second, you know, a humble man, from what I understand, again, didn't want the attention. I don't think he wanted the presidency, did he? Not at all. But no. for... but. I think that's probably what made him the perfect man for it is that he didn't want to do it, but he understood the importance of it. So yeah. for us, when we see a brother or sister who is living in a way or heading down a, a dangerous path in our perception mm. uh, or our mind, then I, how do my question is, and I want to comment, but I want you to hear your take. Yeah, go ahead. How do we know when to, how do we know when to approach that brother and address the, the fault we see in their in their walk and to get to Washington's illustration, it's like you see it and you don't want to do it, right. but you kind of just can't shake it. Right. You know, it's important. Yeah. So you do it humbly and graciously and mercifully. Exactly. 
But you're, you're, the key to what you said, though, is you do it. You do it. Because this has to be a place. If we're going to be strong on disciple making, and Austin did such a great job leading us in that direction on Sunday morning. If we're, if we're going to be a disciple making church, mm-hmm. which we are, mm-hmm. then that assumes that these tough conversations have to occur. Yeah. Because every time they occur in love, there's a chance for growth to take place. Mm-hmm. That, that doesn't mean it's not risky. That doesn't mean you won't turn somebody away, but at least you're turning somebody away in love, not in a critical spirit. Remember, this judgmentalism is mm-hmm. overly critical. Yep. It's not that they don't judge. It's that it's overly critical on the other people. Right. So how do we then, maybe my last question is, how do we make sure we're ready to receive hard judgment? I, I just think uh, it boils down to if I really am serious in the morning with the Lord and I ask him to forgive my sins, mm-hmm. do I really believe that? Then I'm going to be okay admitting that I'm a sinner. Mm-hmm. So if you come in and you question me and it's legitimate, I should be in the frame of mind already. I know, Jonathan, I know. I wish this was not true of me. Mm-hmm. You're right. I'm working on it or I want to work on it. or that. But that's all based upon a life that's already immersed in mercy mm-hmm. so that there can be a reality that's not crushing. I know I'm in need of forgiveness which means I know I have sin and misery. I know that. So if someone happens to point that out to me, mm-hmm. that's not news. Yeah, It's not demoralizing news. Do, do, does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think the other, you know, if you come in and you, you talk to me about my, my flaws, my sins, and, I, and I, I'm not ready to hear that, you're looking at a self-righteous person, mm-hmm. you know? So I think it all starts with, you know, beyond Sunday, are we all in a position where we are still preaching the gospel to ourselves every day, knowing that we have the grace of God in our lives and his mercy on us, which we did not deserve. I mean, in that frame of mind, I'm should be ready that, to hear. Uh, then, then again, you've got a group of people. If a group of people believe that, they're going to handle the rough conversations well. It's not mm-hmm. that it's pleasant. Right. But All right. So one more conver- question that uh-huh. just came to mind. Yeah. What about a, what you see in someone else's life that you would classify as a speck? Like, you know what? It's really not that glaring or that dangerous or, you know, because where, where do we stop and say, you know what? I'm just, I can't be, you know, the yeah. watchdog barking at everybody for yeah. everything I see. So what raises the level of, this is probably where just life wisdom, biblical wisdom comes in and we say. Yeah, yeah, but I think that the measuring, the measuring of speck and beam or speck and board or speck and plank or whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, if, I, if, I, um, if I read that correctly, let me take the speck out of your eye. So I think that what we want to do is we want to ask this question, okay? Mm -hmm. So I think that the spiritual specks, the sin specks, they have to be dealt with for a lot of reasons. Mm -hmm. So I would say that size 
is not the issue mm-hmm. as far as assessment. So the question is, are we dealing with a sin or are we dealing with a quirk? Mm-hmm. Okay. Personality so quirk? Any, any quirks, you're right. Because what happens often in a counseling session is I will say to a person, especially through the years, I don't think you're going to that person because of a sin. It sounds like you just, you're, you're just, they annoy they great, you. yeah, they, yeah, exactly. So if they mm-hmm. annoy you because of the way they are, is it a sin or not? So if there's any wisdom to be had or to be utilized or to be used, then it's the wisdom that allows you to discern the difference between a sin and an annoyance. Because the spec issue, in my mind, according to this text, I think this whole thing is sin destroys. Mm-hmm. So if I see if I see destructive behavior or an attitude in someone and I let it go, uh, that's not healthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, how long will they continue to do this? Will it morph into something else? These are all the questions that I would have about, you know, well, don't let it go because yeah. the longer you let it go, you don't know what else is there. Right. I guess I'm just wondering, like, if someone sees a sin in my life, I'm going to have a dozen people call me out every week saying, hey, you know, I see this or I saw that or you said this or, you know, blah, 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 blah. And at what point does that become a little overbearing? Because like, I oh, yeah. obviously sin's going to be sure. destructive. So yeah. we want to put that to death. Yeah. But, you know, how <laughs> close am I to that person? Yeah. Is it a pattern or is it just an instance? Yeah. Are we, we paying attention to those things? Yeah. But let's 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 be honest about the limited interaction that we have with people, period. Yeah. OK. Uh-huh. True. So let's just start there with just the reality of we don't spend a ton of time with a lot of people. So that they could actually see a sin. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's our fault. But. So I think that I, you're not going to be overwhelmed because you're a Christ follower, first of all. Mm-hmm. So, and I said this on Sunday night to our group, we're notorious for not giving ourselves credit. And ourselves credit equals Christ has done a work in our lives. Can we all agree with that? Can you agree with that? That Christ has done a work in your life. Mm-hmm. Okay, if he has, he's changed you, he's changed me. And so I I, I want to say, I don't think you're going to be overwhelmed by a bunch of people coming to you saying, well, Jonathan, you know, you did this and you did this. I think what you want is you want enough solid relationships in this faith community, in this, uh, this faith family, that you know that there's people that will come to your aid when you need it. Yeah. They won't let you go. Yeah. That's what you want. Right. You want that kind of honesty. And if you get four or five people coming to you with the same thing. Yeah. Red flag. Big one. Let's, let's take care of business yeah. together. So all the more just urge to press in to the faith family here, yeah. establish those relationships in the different contexts that are available yep. and you'll benefit from them. And, and, and for our, our faith family, standards are high. Mercy is high. Mm-hmm. Right. Both. Mm-hmm. We do not lessen the standards and judge less. We keep the standards high because they're biblical standards. If they're biblical standards, those are high standards. We just are a people, according to this text, we're high on mercy because we've experienced it. That's the, we've, in order to, and this is where I, I didn't do a good job at all. So if you're listening to this, let me take the spec out of, uh, um, first, 
First, take the log out of your own eye. I only just quickly went through that, but just think about the mercy extended to you and to me to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. That's a gift. That is a gift. Mm -hmm. Repentance is a gift. So we could talk a lot about, of course, we were high on standards, high on mercy, because we're the, we're the, on the, we're the recipients of mercy every single day. And if we don't know that, if we don't uh, experience that feeling of God has been merciful to us, we're the self-righteous ones. Right. Good. Yeah. All right. This, my friend, is the longest podcast ever. I had the feeling like you were just drawing it out to get to that point. No. Just for the sake of Ray and I Andy. I hope the conversation's been honestly helpful to you. I don't care about Ray and Andy. I do. <laughs> Uh, love we love you all including ray and andy yes um because that's what good friends do yes um we have fun we do we're hypercritical of them but uh no oh, i think yes. it's been really good Rightly so yeah <laughs> um no it's really good really good conversation super practical and something i think we all can grow in and need to be reminded of so should we spend a few minutes judging yeah let's go down ray through and- and Andy? Just those two? Just the two of them. I just for how many minutes do we have? We've already been long Will enough. Jordan allow it or will he edit it out? Probably will edit that out. All right. Thanks for joining us. We love you guys. And keep sending the questions in. We love uh, hashing them out. Uh, so Super have a, helpful. Have a great week. Thanks again for joining us on today's episode. And remember, our Sunday sermons are meant to lead us to a life of worship beyond Sunday. <laughs>